Well, good morning to you. As people are still coming in, we are about to begin our time together. I want to read for you from the book of Philippians, chapter number 4. The Apostle Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together and join our voices together as we sing our rejoicing praise to the Lord.
Well, good morning. It's sure good to see you this morning. Hope that you have had a, a wonderful week and are ready to kick off this new week with a great day of worship here in the Lord's house. And I want to say thank you for being here, for being a part of this worship service. A special thanks to those who are with us today that are our guests. Thank you for being here. We are glad that you chose to come and worship with us. I hope you picked up a bulletin on the way in. Uh, a lot of important announcements that are there uh, that we want to make sure that you are aware of. And I'm going to slide that puppy down a little bit. There we go. And that makes it a little bit easier. Um, there are some great things going on that we want to make sure you're aware of. So read your bulletin. Uh, the biggie, I guess, of all biggies is that next Sunday is our VIP Sunday. And uh, many of you have uh, invited folks to come with you. Uh, you've got the yes. Now, let's hope their yes means yes, and they'll actually show up. That'll be a good thing. But if you have invited someone and they have told you that they are coming, then I want to encourage you to meet them, set a time uh, to meet them somewhere on our campus uh, so that you can walk in the doors with them so that they're not walking in by themselves searching for you, not knowing where to go, maybe something like that. So uh, you, can, you can kind of designate a spot somewhere on the campus here where you want to meet them. Uh, then you can walk in with them. And as you do, make sure you introduce them to those that you come in contact with so that they can get to know some names and some faces of of some of the great people that call First Baptist Locust uh, their church home. And so we'll see what happens next Sunday. I'm excited about it. I hope that you are. Um, I'm going to check up on my VIP uh, this afternoon and make sure he is still planning to come. I hope that uh, you will be pleased by the one that you have invited as well. Uh, also, uh, don't forget as uh, you are getting ready to go into this Thanksgiving season that not this that's not this week okay unless you want to celebrate Thanksgiving this Thursday you can if you want to there's no law that says you can't but uh, I would wait till the next Thursday on that Wednesday night before Thanksgiving Thursday we we usually call off all of our services that uh, is just because there's a lot of people that travel for Thanksgiving. There's a lot of people that are, are preparing for Thanksgiving Day to receive family or to go visit family. And we want you to have that opportunity to do just that. Uh, thank you uh, to those who come on Wednesday night for letting me have Wednesday night off. That sinus infection that jumped on me while we were in Greensboro. Nancy is out with COVID. Uh, she started... Uh, Saturday a week ago, and she's better, but now Jim and Jared have it, and they're all in the same house. So uh, they are, they're taking turns swapping a virus with each other. That's why she's been out last Sunday and is out again today. And appreciate Brandon being willing to step in again uh, for us this morning. So be in prayer for them. They'll be feeling better as well. It's that cold and flu season, so we all know some folks that are not doing well and feeling well. Uh, we'll pray for them this morning as well. Let's take just a moment to uh, pray together, and then uh, we'll get on with our time of worship. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, how good it is to be in this place of worship on this Lord's Day. And we thank you for the honor and the privilege that we have to praise your name, that we can know you personally, that that is your, that is your greatest desire is for us to know you, and to love you the way you love us. 
So, Lord, today we come to express to you our praise, our adoration. We come to give you glory for who you are. You are the God of all creation, the one who took nothing and made everything from it. And, Lord, you have all power, all knowledge, all wisdom, all understanding. And today, God, we come to declare your glory. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are, that you have opened the door. You have made the way for us to know you, Lord Jesus, as God the Son, to know our Heavenly Father, God the Father, and, and Lord, to be able to commune with you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have come to dwell in the life of every believer, that as God the Holy Spirit, you give us wisdom and understanding, you guide us. So today, Lord, we pray to our great triune God, that today we will have truly a time of worship in this place. We love you, we praise you, we thank you, O Lord, for who you are, and we rejoice in all seasons because you are a good God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing about what God has done through the Christ who is...
The eleventh hour does not strike on the clock of every man. For at this time, most of us can be found at home, comfortable, knowing tomorrow is right on its way. At the eleventh hour, most of us can be found in our beds. But in another world, our men and our women, our brothers and our sisters, live in this hour. Tick, 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 tick. Every second for you. Every second for me. So it was on the eleventh hour of the eleventh day of the eleventh month of 1918. The guns were lowered. The trenches grew silent, and an armistice was declared between the Allied nations and Germany. The great war hushed, so that the wives, the children. The fathers and the mothers could salute back across the ocean. And it is on this day each year that we have stopped to salute our veterans, our men and women of the 11th hour. So today, it's our turn. It's our turn to show our gratitude. It's our turn to applaud when they stand. It's our turn to thank God for you. Yes, it's our turn to say thank you for going in our stay. As we know, uh, yesterday uh, we celebrated, oh, that's tall, we celebrated uh, Veterans Day, um, and Veterans Day is a day that's been set aside uh, to, for us in the way that we, uh, we observe it is that we honor all of our men and women who, who have and are currently serving in our nation's military. And, and I don't have to tell you that the world is in peril right now with uh, we stand on the brink of a uh, local war that could go global uh, very quickly. And so we thank God for those men and those women. Some of them, they are your sons and your daughters that are awaiting and standing uh, at the ready so that should the, the United States need to be defended and our interests need to be defended, they can move into action very quickly. And for that, we are very grateful. So I want us to take just a moment to uh, celebrate and to thank those who have served in our military and also uh, to uh, remember those who are away from us even now while serving so I'm going to ask that uh, as I call these different branches of the military, 
If you served or are serving in that branch of the military, or you have a son and or daughter that is actively serving in that branch of the military, I'm going to ask you to stand so that we can honor you. So it, we'll, we'll begin with <clears throat> our seafarers, and we will ask those who have served or are serving, who have loved ones serving in the Navy, to please stand at this time. Very good. Thank you, sir. We would also like those who served are serving who have family serving in the Army if they will stand at this time. Thank you. Those who have served are serving or who have family serving in the United States Air Force, if you would stand. Those who have served are serving or who have family actively serving in the Marines, if you would stand. If you are, have served, are serving, or who have family serving in the United States Coast Guard, would you stand? All right. I'm not going to... Do we have anybody that has family in the Space Force? That's a new one uh, that I want to make sure we don't leave out because they are uh, vital to our country's security as well. But at this time, I want to say thank you to those who stood, uh, who have served, and thank you for your willingness to leave behind your family members, your friends, uh, maybe even the soil of your homeland to go and serve our country in uniform. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, we certainly thank you for all that you have done uh, to protect us and our freedoms. I would like to take a moment to pray. And as we do, let's thank God for those who have served. But let's also take a moment to remember those who are currently uh, in uniform, uh, whether it's stateside or uh, deployed uh, overseas somewhere. Let's remember them in our prayers. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, we thank you that you give these men and these women courage to step out from the rest to be called a part of the United States military, to put on their respective uniforms, to serve in whatever capacity that you may have designed and desired for them to serve. We thank you, Lord, for them. We thank you for their time that they sacrificed. We thank you, Lord, for those who maybe even have seen the, the horrors of combat and you brought them back safely. We thank you. Lord, we also at this time want to lift up to you the men and women who are currently wearing that uniform, whether it's stateside or in a deployment overseas, Lord, we lift them before you. We pray, God, thanking you for them, and we ask you, Lord, that they would feel the gratitude today, 
that, Lord, they'll not only feel that gratitude of a grateful nation, but they'll know that they are protected by your hand. And we pray, Lord, that you at this time would keep them safe, place a hedge of protection around them, that they may return back to their families safe and secure, having fulfilled that duty for which they very willingly uh, volunteered. Lord, for those who will be serving in the days ahead, again, we pray for them. Lord, we thank you for those who serve to protect our freedoms. Lord, we love you, we thank you, we praise you that you are the ultimate freedom fighter, that you are the ultimate in the one who gives a sacrifice for others. And Lord, we pray, thanking you that you have given us the freedom Uh, not just as a nation, but from our sin debt that each one of us have owned. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given to uh, to us freely to all who will come and receive. Bless our military, Lord, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, I want to invite... uh, I don't know why I'm cutting in and out. That's probably me. Uh, If you'll come on up, Chris, for the offertory prayer. Let us go back to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, as Pastor Tommy said, we just thank you for the freedom that we have. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to come into your house and worship. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings you've given us as we give back a portion. We ask your blessings upon these tithes and offerings. We ask all these things in your precious name. Amen. Well, as we begin to prepare our hearts and our minds for the message to come, let's continue to offer up our praises to the one who is holy.
Brandon and I had the honor of attending our North Carolina Baptist State Convention this past week, and uh, just amazing worship that uh, goes on there. I think we had between 1,800 or 2,000 people in the auditorium, and uh, when they start singing praises to God, I want to tell you, that's, that's amazing. And uh, we thank you for allowing us to go and represent our church there. And, and just so that you know, anyone and everyone can attend the state uh, Baptist convention that's held the first uh, Monday, Tuesday in November. Um, Anyone can go. Now, not everyone can vote in the voting that goes on, but everyone can attend. And if that should be something that you ever desire to do, to experience that worship uh, and to experience that great preaching uh, that goes on there, uh, then uh, if you'll let me know when November rolls around, we'll be sure to make sure we get you registered as a visitor of our church there. And I know that you will be blessed. It's held in Greensboro every year, the first Monday and Tuesday uh, of November. If you have your Bibles with you, uh, would you find the book of Hebrews chapter 4? Hebrews chapter number 4. Thank you for all of those, uh, all of you who have uh, filled the shoeboxes and brought them back. Uh, We will be delivering them to the pickup place this week, which is at West Stanley Baptist Church. If you still have a shoebox and you've yet to fill it, don't fret. You still have this week. However, when you fill it, you'll need to take it and drop it off at West Stanley Baptist Church uh, directly to them. Don't bring it back to the church. We, we, We will have delivered all of ours, but you can take it there and drop it off as long as it's delivered by next Sunday. So uh, just keep that in mind. If you haven't filled your shoebox yet, maybe life just got busy on you. Uh, you didn't have an opportunity to get to, do, uh, to, to pack that. You still have time to do that if you so desire. And we'll be praying over these boxes as we come to the end of our service. Uh, we had, what would you say, 80, 84 uh, there at one time, but then several came in since. So we're hoping we've got close to our 100 uh, that we were hoping to receive. So thank you for that. Hebrews chapter 4, let's begin reading in verse number 14 uh, as we look at our great advocate. Let's look at that together. Hebrews chapter 4, beginning in verse 14. Therefore, Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Father, thank you again for your word that is inspired, inerrant, infallible, and carries all authority because it's your word. Now, Lord, give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. 
May today, Lord, our hearts be open to heaven to hear your voice as you speak to us through your word. Lord, grow us in our knowledge and wisdom of you, but also, Lord, grow us in our relationship that we may walk closer to you having leaving here than we were when we walked in. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for speaking to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today we are concluding our series that we entitled Greater. We could have, should we have chosen to do so, and that had been the Lord's leading, simply camped in the book of Hebrews because the book of Hebrews is based on that very word, greater. It is the writers of Hebrews under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit telling us in different ways and in different uh, areas where Jesus Christ is greater than uh, something that we may find in our daily life or here on earth. The purpose behind our series of messages was to show uh, how true followers of Jesus have been given a greater calling, given a greater message, and redeemed to a great salvation. That has been our purpose since we began this series. It wasn't just a group of messages we threw together and thought this sounded like a good series. That as we began to develop this, we, we wanted true followers of Christ to understand that, that what we have been given is so great. Because we serve a great God and we have a great Savior and we, we have a great salvation. We've been given a great message and a great mission to, to go tell the people about a, uh, how they can receive what we know to be true in Jesus Christ. Today I want to conclude our series by looking at our great advocate. I think most of us know what an advocate is, but just to make sure that we're all on the same page, I want us to look at a, a secular definition, if you will. This is what we find by dictionary.com being the source that I use. defines advocate as this, a person who pleads for or on behalf of another. A person who is an intercessor. They stand between someone and something or someone else. They advocate, they, they plead on behalf of another. In the Old Testament, we know that the descendants of Levi, uh, they were chosen to serve God as priest. And so they were the advocates of the Old Testament. Moses and his brother Aaron were from that tribe, and Aaron's sons were actually the very first priest that we read about in Scripture. And at first, the priest served in the tabernacle while they were wandering in the wilderness and once they had entered into the promised land, and then later they served in the temple when it was built. But the primary responsibility of these advocates, these priests, were to offer sacrifices that were brought to them on behalf of the people who supplied the sacrifice. There were certain sacrifices that were to be given at certain times or in certain ways throughout the calendar year 
for the Israelites. And in the middle there always stood that advocate, that, that priest who would receive the offering from the person and then on behalf of that person present that offering to God. And so they served as that advocate. And from the tribe of Levi, they would choose one priest that would be called the high priest. His job was not only to oversee the work of all the other priests, but that high priest became the sole human representative that stood before God on the Day of Atonement. If you have a calendar or or your phone happens to have a calendar on there, you may see from time to time that, that the holiday Yom Kippur may pop up. There on your calendar, that is in, in for Israel the Day of Atonement. So on the day of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, that high priest and he alone, no other, would represent uh, the nation of Israel before the very presence of God in the Holy of Holies, either in the tabernacle or later in the temple when it was built. The high priest would enter into that sacred area, the Holy of Holies, on that special day. And they would offer a blood sacrifice on the Ark of the Covenant, which represented God's abiding presence with Israel. And that one sacrifice every year was to atone for the sins of Israel until the next day of atonement whenever it came around on their calendar. Now here's something wonderful that I I don't know if you know this or not, but I want to make sure that you know this, that when we start reading that in the Old Testament, it's easy for us to stand back and say, what does that have to do with me? I live in 2023. I'm not an Israelite. I don't go to the temple. I don't, I don't give animal sacrifices. So what does all of that information have to do with me in the here and in the now? Well, what we know to be true is because Jesus told us it is, is that what we read in the Old Testament was a picture of, a type of, a representative of what Jesus would accomplish when He came and what we know and is recorded for us in our New Testament. And so Jesus fulfilled the Day of Atonement. But get this, not only as the high priest who went in to the Holy of Holies, but also as the Lamb whose blood was was sacrificed And sprinkled on that mercy seat. Everything about those feast days, holy days, sacrifice days, all of that pointed to what Jesus would accomplish whenever He as the Messiah, God the Son, would come to earth to fulfill the mission of salvation that God had given. The Old Testament priests were advocates for the nation of Israel before God. They represented man before God. And we know that as as we read the Old Testament, that that was a very important and a very sacred duty. But because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on Calvary, and because of His victorious resurrection, we no longer need another sacrifice. We no longer need 
to, to have a, a, a priest that will take an animal sacrifice on our behalf and present it to God. Because Jesus fulfilled not only the, the work of that priest, but He also fulfilled the work of that sacrifice. He has completed all of that. And that's why we, we don't need those things today in our New Testament life. But what I want us to understand is that we still need to be represented to God. We still need a representative because you, my friend, and me, we are sinful and broken and unholy. We are unrighteous. There is nothing good within us. Our The best righteousness that we can muster up, the best things that we can do is as filthy rags before a holy God. And if any one of us were to stand before God unrepresented and on our own, we would instantly be consumed by the judgment of a holy God. So we still need an advocate. And this morning I want us to look at that great advocate. There's actually three very important facts that are revealed to us about this great advocate. The first truth that we see here, the first fact we see is that we see the person of the great advocate. To make sure that there was absolutely no mistake whatsoever about the identity of of this great advocate We are given a description in the passage in which we read. We are told that there is a great high priest. Now now listen, in in Old Testament times, there were men uh, who served as priests who were called the high priest. But the title great high priest had never been bestowed upon another human being. Other than this advocate, he is the great high priest, a title never bestowed on anyone else. This title lets us know that our advocate, our high priest, our great high priest is far above and far superior than any priest that has ever walked on this planet prior. We know that he is the priest of all priests, that he is, he is superior in every way to every priest that has ever walked on this planet. He's called the great high priest. But then we're told that this great high priest, and we're told this in verse number 14, that he has passed through the heavens. He has, he has been to heaven and he's been to earth and he's been to heaven. And so we see that there has been, there has been this, 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 this passing from, from heaven to earth and from earth to heaven. <coughs> Excuse me. The best that any earthly high priest could ever do was to pass through a man-made veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple. That's the best that any human priest and the Old Testament priests, that's the best they could ever do. They couldn't pass through the heavens. They could only pass through a veil, a a, a thick covering that separated the the rest of the temple from that place, uh, the Holy of Holies, where the presence of God was represented by the Ark of the Covenant and and the mercy seat was there. And so that was the best that any 
priest, high priest, could ever do on earth. But this priest has done something that the others could not do. He's not only represented us, he's represented us in the very presence of the throne of God. He has passed through the heavens. This great high priest has been able to accomplish something that none other, no other could do, no other priest could accomplish. While they could only do symbolic things, he has actually been in the presence of a holy God. He has presented his sacrifice not in a representation of God's seat, not in a representation of God's presence, but he has given his sacrifice in the very presence of God the Father of heaven himself. Passed through the heavens. That's why he's greater. That's why he's greater. He's he's not just great. He's not only passed through the heavens. But then he's identified for us as Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, by the way, is his human name. That's his human name. That shows he has humanity. Our great high priest, our great advocate came to dwell among us and identify with us as part of the human race. He came to, to walk this, this broken world and, and, and to, to taste the, 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 the struggles and the, the heartaches and the, all of the temptations that this world has. Our great high priest is none other than Jesus. The Son of God. Jesus is His human name. But then we see that He is God the Son. And that is His divine name. Our great high priest is not only holy and and pure, but He is God incarnate. He is God in the flesh. And this is, this is God in the flesh, in the person of God the Son, Jesus Christ, the, the Creator serving the creation. Are you with me this morning? Are you still trying to catch that hour you, from last, a couple of weeks ago? Do, do, do you hear what I'm saying to you? That, that in, in Old Testament times, it was, it was a broken person bringing a sacrifice to a broken person who presented the, the, that, that sacrifice to God. But you and I have an advocate, a great high priest who is God the Son. Jesus is His holy name. And He stands in the presence of a holy God, God the Father, who is, who is, who is there to receive the ultimate sacrifice. Because remember, Jesus is not only the, the priest, He is the sacrifice. And He represents us before God the Father, He is pure, He is holy, He is the great high priest. He is the person of the great high priest. That, my friend, is is why you and I can stand with confidence today and knowing that if we have come to Jesus with our, our faith and we've, we've turned to Him in repentance and we've surrendered our life to Him, that's why we can know, not yes, not hope, but know that we have been forgiven because He, as our great high priest, has advocated on our behalf in the very presence as God the Son to God the Father. 
Man, I like that. But we not only see His person, I want you to see His provision. God reveals two very marvelous provisions to us that was given. We read this in verse number 15. Because He tells us that this high priest has provided for us something that that no other uh, could provide. And that is that He comprehends our struggles. He understands what we're going through. The Bible tells us that Jesus, the Son of God, our great advocate, was tempted in all things as we are. He has, he has felt the things that we have felt. He, he understands the sting of betrayal. He understands the hurt of abuse. He understands the weight of loneliness. He understands the pressure of, of, of being tempted. He understands those things. He's not sitting somewhere high and lofty and not able to relate to us. He is God the Son who became the, the very flesh, God incarnate, who walked among us. And the Bible says that because He wanted to be your great advocate, because He wants to be your great high priest, He allowed Himself to be tempted in every way you and I are. There is no temptation you will ever face that Jesus didn't, take, uh, didn't face. You say, well, wait a minute. I, I've been tempted, because I was this morning, by the way, to eat a whole box of Little Debbie Christmas cakes. <laughs> I got them for the youth, and only a few of them eat them. By the way, why are y'all raising kids that don't like Christmas cakes? What's up with that? Y'all need to get together, parents. Y'all need to get it going. Don't be raising youngins that don't like little Debbie Christmas cakes. And I and can I tell you something? I'm standing there with with almost two full boxes of little Debbie Christmas cakes, and there's Tommy standing there thinking, you know what? I bet you I could get all these down my neck before church starts. Now I don't know that Jesus could say he was tempted to eat two boxes of little Debbie cakes. But you know what he was tempted to do? He was tempted to do things that would harm his body and be adverse to God designed for his body as I am with mine. He was tempted in every way that I've been tempted. He has, he has, been, he has faced everything that I will ever face. He understands hunger. He understands thirst. He understands weariness. Jesus has felt your pain. And that's why He can sympathize and empathize with you today as your great high priest, as your great advocate. He can stand before God and He can advocate on your behalf because He knows, He knows what you have faced. And He understands. But we're told that even though He was able to comprehend our struggles, that He was tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Yet without sin. You see, Jesus came to break the bonds of sin and to break the bonds of shame and to break the bonds of guilt so that we could walk in victory over them. And He did that. He provides that by the fact that now He has faced our temptations and He did it without sin. He didn't eat the little Debbie cakes. <laughs> he, didn't eat, he didn't turn the rocks to bread when he was hungry. 
and hadn't eaten in over 40 days. He didn't didn't bow down and worship one just so that he could have material things. He understands those temptations, but he also understands that, that because he is God in the flesh, that he is able to provide a way for us, for us to withstand those temptations through him. He is our great advocate, and he did all of this without sin. Listen to what 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says. It says, Paul writing, No temptation has overtaken you such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide a way of escape so that you will be able to endure it. How did God do that? He did it by giving us a great sinless advocate. So that now when I am tempted and my flesh desires so badly to do that which dishonors God, I am able to stand outside of my weaknesses and in the strength of Jesus Christ and withstand that temptation. Because He faced it without sin. And now He he wants to empower us as His children to stand against those same temptations Without sin, Jesus came to demonstrate His power to deliver us from that very failure of temptation that causes us such guilt and such shame. In His power, we can stand against the strongest and the greatest of all temptations. And Jesus was tempted in every way you and I are tempted. He remained sinless through it all. That's His person. That's His provision. But I want us to end our time together by looking at His promise of the great advocate. We see that in verse number 16, by the way. Verse 16 opens with the word, Therefore. Therefore. What what are we talking about here? If we were to take the writer of Hebrews and we were to stand him before us and we say, why would you choose to... To open verse 16 with that word, therefore, he would say, just look back to verse 14 and 15. Because you have the the person that is your great high priest, because you have the provisions of that great high priest, now you can have, therefore, the promises of that great high priest. It points back to the previous verses. Because of His person and His provision, we have a promise. And that promise is twofold as we look at that one verse of Scripture. He tells us, first of all, we can draw near to the throne with the confidence. Now we can stand before God with confidence and knowing that we have been redeemed and forgiven and delivered, that we have been saved by grace. We have confidence. And in Bible times, no one was allowed to into the entrance of a king unless they were first summoned by the king himself to appear. But now Jesus, our great high priest, has opened the doors to the throne room of God and He has issued an invitation to come. Come! You can come into the presence of Almighty God because you have a great Advocate. He's telling us that 
that there is this sacrifice that has been made that that has covered all of our sins so that when we come before God in the presence in his presence having been forgiven and represented by our great advocate that we can come into his presence and make our petitions known there's only one requirement for entering into this throne room and that is humility and or excuse me too humility and repentance that's what's required to enter into this throne room. The word confidence that is used there does not imply carelessness or arrogance in God's presence. It represents that God will welcome you when you come before Him with the earnest of pleased. I'm so glad I have a God that wants me to talk to Him. I'm so glad I have a God that wants me to pray. I'm glad I have a God that wants me to come into His throne room. That my king doesn't lock his doors and say, no one can come in unless I call them here. My king opens his doors and he said, whosoever will can come. And again, he says, whosoever will come. Ye that are weary and heavy laden, come. I'll give you rest. Those of you that are struggling, those of you that are hurting, those of you that are in, uh, that are in turmoil, come. The king bids you. Come. Oh, what a promise. I, what a promise. I, I don't have to hunt down another human being on this planet and ask them to please go tell God I want to talk to Him. I don't have to do that. I can enter boldly into the throne room. And, and, and here's the, the second promise. That when I do, I will find mercy and grace in His presence you know we all have that mental image of of god we put in our mind for some reason a lot of us will put that that mental image is that he's he's sitting up in heaven and he's he's royal and regal all dressed in white and and glowing with all of these vibrant whites and colors that stream from his uh, from his throne but that somehow he's got this lightning rod in his hand And he's sitting there saying, I dare you to do that again. Go ahead. I'm just waiting to zap you one good time. You go ahead. I'm tired. I'm getting tired of messing with you. But that's not who God is. Did you see that when our great advocate is standing, advocating on our behalf, and we come to God's presence, represented by our great advocate, that we receive mercy and grace. Mercy, that's Him withholding what I really do deserve. I really deserve hell. I really deserve punishment. I really deserve. But mercy is Him withholding that. Grace is Him giving me what I could never deserve, which is His love and His forgiveness and His salvation. That's what He promises us. Through Jesus, we have access to God's mercy. We have access to God's grace. Because Jesus, the Son of God, our great high priest, has purchased these great gifts on our behalf. And He offers them freely to anyone who will turn from their sin and come to Him in faith and salvation.
So, as we end this series, and as we come to a close today, I, I ask, is Jesus your great advocate? He wants to be, okay? He, he desires to be. But you must be the one that allows Him to advocate on your behalf. How do I do that, Tommy? I repent of being my own advocate. I repent of my own arrogance, my own self-righteousness, and my sin. And I turn away from it and I come to Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh, who is the great high priest, who is the great advocate. And I come to Him and I fall at His feet and I cry out, Save me! I have no help. I have no hope without you. In that moment, the great high priest takes on your case. He stands in that split second, the sacrifice that he made on your behalf, that he offered to God in God's presence, is accounted as your payment for your sin. And you find grace and you find mercy. Have you repented of your sins and bowed at His feet in surrender? Jesus, the Son of God, wants to be your great high priest, your great advocate today. And He promises you grace and mercy if you come to Him. I don't know what you may be facing today. Maybe you're a born-again believer. You're saved by grace. You know that you are. But maybe the pressures of the world is pushing in on you. Maybe it's temptation. Maybe it's other things. But it's weighing heavy down on you. Can I tell you? You don't have to bear that alone. You have a great advocate. You have a great high priest. Who has felt every pain, every struggle, every temptation that you have, yet without sin. Who stands ready to help you in the midst of your struggle. In the midst of your pain. In the midst of your temptation. You turn to Him. Just a moment, we're going to stand together, we're going to sing together. And as we do, this is our, our opportunity to confirm without a shadow of a doubt that we know that great advocate, that we know not only who He is, but that we have accepted the sacrifice that that great high priest has offered on our behalf. And we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we've been forgiven of our sins. Because we've received mercy and grace. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you knew what we could not do for ourselves. We could not represent ourselves before you because we are unholy and we are unrighteous in and of ourselves. We are broken and we are sinful. Lord, the very best we could ever do in your presence alone was to offer filthy rags. So Lord, I thank you that you did for us what we could not do for ourselves. That you not only provided the great sacrifice, you provided the great high priest who stands in our stead and advocates on our behalf. That every time Satan begins to throw out the accusations against us. That our great advocate is there to to plead the blood of the cross that covers us and forgives us and saves us and redeems us and 
washes away all sin. Lord, when the world declares us guilty, when our conscience declares us guilty, that when we, we know that we have fallen short, that we have a great high priest, we have a great advocate because of His great sacrifice and His great presentation before the throne, that even now, Lord, we can stand clean before You and know that we've been forgiven, saved by Your grace. Redeemed by your love. Thank you for our great high priest. Lord, I pray if there's one in this room right now who doesn't know Jesus personally, who's, who's never received that great sacrifice that he made on their behalf, who's never turned to him and cried out to him to be their great advocate, their great savior, that today will be that day that they'll do just that. Lord, in these next few moments, I pray for the the one that's struggling, the one that's hurting, the one that's going through the difficult time and feels so alone at this moment, Lord. They feel like they're the only one who knows that pain. God, how I pray that you, you whisper to their heart and to their mind, to their soul, that they are not alone, that there's a great advocate who understands their plight, who understands their pain, who stands there ready and willing to walk with them and show them, Lord, the way out so that they can stand before You forgiven. Lord, we thank You for our great high priest. Guide us in these moments of decision is our prayer. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's stand together as we sing together.
Thank you so much, and I appreciate Brandon filling in for us again. I'm going to take just a moment to pray over these boxes. If you filled a box and uh, you brought it and have placed it here, I want to ask you that as I pray over these boxes, uh, these boxes, where you are, will you pray over your specific box? I mean, you just say, well, I t- Tommy, I don't remember where I put it. Uh, that's all right. God knows where it's at in that stack. Uh, he even knows what child's going to get it, and uh, he already knows how it's going to be a blessing to them. So as I pray over this, all of our boxes, I want to ask you where you are to pray for the child that is going to receive your box. Uh, that, that one act of kindness and love from a stranger uh, from a faraway land will, will show them the love of Jesus and that they will come to know Jesus because you were faithful to pack a shoebox. Uh, so let's, let's pray together. Uh, and if you, maybe you didn't have the opportunity, that's okay. Will you just pray that these shoeboxes will accomplish that for which God has intended for them? Let's pray together. This will be our dismissing prayer. Our Father and our God, we thank you that you've given us the opportunity to participate in something so much greater than ourselves. Lord, we know these are just cardboard boxes with trinkets and and memento-type things within them. And Lord, we know that uh, that even to our own children that live in our own homes or live in our own communities, that Lord, maybe it's not anything uh, fancy or dramatic or uh, even extra special. But Lord, we know that there's a child somewhere in this world waiting for this box. But Lord, they, they don't have what we have. They don't enjoy what we enjoy. And Lord, had it not been for the faithfulness of that one who packed that box, they may not know the joy of a Christmas season. But Lord, I pray that even now that you'll prepare the hearts of those children that will receive these boxes. That Lord, as they open that box up and they begin to unpack it, and they begin to experience and see firsthand the love and the care that someone they may never meet here on this planet, had just for them. Lord, I pray that because of the love that was shown in packing these boxes, that that child will come to know the love of Jesus Christ, that they will become our brother and sister in Christ, all because we were faithful to pack a shoebox. Lord, I pray for those who will deliver these shoeboxes, those who will travel to those foreign lands and will hand them out and, and, and watch as the child opens the box. Lord, we pray that they be blessed as well. Lord, thank you for those who have, been, who have been able to do this. And we pray, God, that you bless them for their faithfulness and blessing others. We ask you now to dismiss us with your love, your grace, and your mercy, that as we go our separate ways... That, Lord, we'll continue to look for those opportunities to do things, to express your love to those around us. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for who you are and for all that you've done for us. We give you honor, we give you glory, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.